is episode one of Ticket to Ride podcast. It's going to be a bumpy podcast. <laughs> I'm Courtney. And I'm Blair. And we're going to talk about classic movies. Also, we'll probably talk a lot of nonsense. <laughs> And there are two office dogs present, as you may occasionally hear some commentary from them. They are pretty vocal when it comes to their favorite actors, so. They are, yes. So, one of the reasons that we decided to do this podcast is because Courtney and I, uh, for over a year now, we've gotten together at least once a month, and we watch a classic film, and we talk about it. So, we figured what better way than to record ourselves, because we're slightly narcissistic, <laughs> and share that with the world and try to get some engagement. Exactly. Um, now, one of the things we wanted to talk about in this first episode, besides just introducing who we are, is one of our favorite films. And not necessarily, because favorite is such a big word no. in this case. I don't even know if I could get a top five narrowed down. But... One of the classic movies we appreciate the most or watch the most or just is the one we would share if someone asked us to recommend a yeah. classic film. Um, well, also, I'm curious, Courtney, as how you got into classic films. What sparked your interest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was my dad, actually, who got me started on classic films. He... Uh, was very much of his his time period. You know, he was in high school in the 60s. Um, and so when I was with him, it was all classic films, classic music, uh, Elvis on the radio all the time, classic car shows whenever those happened in my hometown. So uh, even now I can go visit him and we can spend the afternoon watching a classic movie and have a great conversation about it. Um and then as I got older, you know, of course, I started branching out and finding mm -hmm. actors I preferred, genres I preferred. You know, my dad's big John Wayne fan. Um, Who isn't, though? I, I mean, yeah. John Wayne. What, what dad is not a John Wayne fan at some point. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and just finding the movies that also spoke to me more that maybe not would have been his favorites but he is definitely the reason that I got started with this. See, it's funny it's your dad because it was my mom that got me into classic films. Um, I remember very vividly there was a weekend that we were alone together. Um, and I can't remember why, but we went to Blockbuster, which is dating uh, ourselves <laughs> when Blockbuster was still a thing. Just a little bit. For, for those of you that are not aware, Blockbuster was a physical store that you could go into and rent tapes and DVDs when DVDs came out. Um, so you would rent them for 24, 48 hours and return them. It was the best Friday night in existence. So my mom and I um, went to the local Blockbuster and I went straight for whatever had been released that weekend. Some, I don't know, like Nicholas Spark film. I don't know. Um, but my mom kind of pulled me back and she picked out Funny Girl uh, with Barbara. And she she kind of approached it in a weird way of like, let's just, I want you to, to try this film. Because I was that little obnoxious kid that was like, well, it's old. I don't want to watch it. I'm not going to, you know, identify with it. it there's there's going to be nothing there. Um, but we watched it and that sparked this whole thing for our relationship, really, that we will still to this day 
if movie theaters are open and, you know, once there's no pandemic again, but we would go on a Saturday and just spend the entire Saturday, 10 a.m. first matinee to like 8 p.m. go watch three or four films uh, and spend the day at the movies. I love that. I, I've never done that. And I think that is something I would love to do. I will tell you that people look at you funny when you go up to buy the tickets and you're like, yes, we want the 10 a.m. of this show and then the the 12, 15 of this show. Like sometimes you have to time it out perfectly of, okay, I know that this is a 123 minute film and then the next one starts right like two minutes later. We can make it. Um, so yeah, like the, the blockbuster people are always like, what (laughs) but it's fun it's a good day it's a really good day the cinema yeah well in my hometown the movie theater only had two screens Hmm. um so if you were to do that you basically you only get to watch two movies but uh fun fact i grew up in a town that has one of the few drive-in movie theaters left in the whole state and so in a little, little bit of ways, I grew up in a time capsule because during the warm months, um, we if we wanted to see a movie, we'd go to the drive-in. Yeah. And uh, do the whole thing. Whoever had the biggest car, everybody pile in. and Or if you be even better, if you had a truck, which I did. So I was very popular on uh, <laughs> drive-in movie nights. And we would go and you got to see two movies for five bucks. Jeez. And they had a little concession stand at the very mm-hmm. back. And that was my Friday, Saturday nights for pretty much my entire life until I left to go to college. So I love that. I've never been to a drive-in and it's on my bucket list. Well, but there's so uh, few of them. There are so few. If um, if we're able to go soonish um if if they open i don't know if they're open with the pandemic because you are in your own car um i would have to find out but we can always take a little mini road trip and go i'm for it to the drive-in i also really like road trips so i'm just up for getting out of this area for a while there you you go i've seen the same four walls for far too long this is true um so what film do you want to talk about today Mm. well uh, I know I mentioned a, one film to you the other day when we were discussing this, and I'm afraid I lied. Um, I was gonna... Shocking. <laughs> I'm so hurt. <laughs> I was going to talk about His Girl Friday, which is a, a fantastic film. film. Great film. You should look it up. Um, I think it's even free on Amazon right now, if I'm not mistaken. Gotta love that Amazon. You do. Um, but that's not the one I want to talk about as the one that I would say I rewatch the most. The mm-hmm. one I think I watch at least, I'm going to say five times a year or more, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, um, is Niagara. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Niagara stars Marilyn Monroe, Joseph Cotton, Gene Peters, and Max Showalter, although in this one, he went by Casey Adams. Which is weird. I feel like we should dive into that because yeah. I'm really intrigued by actors like changing their name halfway through their career. Like, what are you hiding? Yeah, well, that or I can see changing your name if there's already another actor or singer or something like that that has your name or yeah. it's really close. But some of these, especially older actors, just completely changed it. No, And even alternated because I think when I was looking up his his screen name mm-hmm. for this particular film it showed he kind of flip-flopped throughout mm-hmm. his career some films he was Casey Adams and some films he was Max Showalter so we'd have to look into that um 
But the reason Niagara is one of the movies I watch the most often, besides it being Marilyn Monroe, who is the the love of my life. Um, <laughs> you and me both, man. It's love Marilyn. Such a great plot. It's such a great story. And you get to see all this amazing scenery because they did film it at Niagara Falls. Um, yeah, a little nod to, to Blair there. Blair is Canadian. Yes. Uh, so if you cannot tell by when I speak, uh, <laughs> occasionally when Canada is mentioned, I get excited for no reason. <laughs> uh, um, but the other reason I love this movie is that it is the only film that I can think of where Marilyn Monroe played the villain. Yeah. Um, she did have some serious roles before she really got pigeonholed into that sex symbol, musical, um, bubbly persona that she <laughs> ended up cultivating and, and did very well. But she also was really good at playing serious roles. Trauma, yeah. And again, this was her only one where she was the antagonist or the bad guy of the film. And that is just awesome to see her. You can tell she's having fun yeah. in that role. And um, the other thing that's just a cool fact about this film is that even now, it still has the longest walk of a character walking away in cinema history. It's um, over 116 feet of film used to show her walking away from the hospital to the clock tower where her her secret partner in crime mm-hmm. slash lover where she thought he was waiting for her. Um, and I don't know if this is true, cause I'm sure stories get uh, muddled over the years or exaggerated, but um, apparently she got a little frustrated <laughs> by the number of times they made her walk away. I mean, if I were watching Marilyn Monroe walk, there's very few iconic walks in the world that I would say that you can identify who that person is. Marilyn Monroe has an iconic walk. Okay, here's, we need to research this. And I want, if anybody knows the answer to this and you want to tell us um, on, we're going to set up an Instagram account and all that good stuff. If you know the answer to this and you want to tell us, definitely let us know and give me a source. But I want to find out if this is true. I heard a rumor that one of the reasons she had that walk, that kind of wiggle hip mm-hmm. swing walk, is because she would always file down one of the heels on her shoes just a little bit. Huh. And it forced her to walk in that exaggerated. And it somebody told me it was just for Niagara that she did that. And then I've somebody else has told me she did that for any time she had to play uh, a sexy character like that, she would file down one shoe heel just enough to make her have to walk like that. See, I heard, and this just like goes to show you that the internet is trouble. I heard <laughs> it was actually because like one of her legs was significantly shorter than the other. Huh. Yeah. It also could have been that. Yeah. To which, I mean, if I was going to mimic that, the only way is to break your leg and. That's very morbid. Or file a shoe down. If you want to do things simply, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, that is my pick for for this episode, for the movie that I watch the most or generally recommend to somebody who has not watched many classic films. Now, which one would you do? So I'm also um, going to throw out a Maryland film. Um, So my pick that I watch 
fairly frequently. Um, and that just, I don't know, it has a special place in my heart um, for a couple of different reasons. But mine is Some Like It Hot. Oh, yes. Love Some Like It Hot. Love Tony Curtis to, uh, and Jack Lemmon. Um, so it stars Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, and, of course, Marilyn Monroe. Um, there is a, a Broadway I guess it is Broadway. Sugar is the musical. Um, if you go see it on stage and it's phenomenal. And I was very lucky enough to see Tony Curtis um, play Osgood uh, on stage Ugh. live. And he was phenomenal. He still was able to like do the tap dance right at the end. That's that's like the, the memory that I have the most is right at the end of the show. He did this tap dance sequence. And of course, it was a standing ovation because you just think, my God, you are like 85 years old. <laughs> I can't do that on the best of days. Oh my gosh. And I knew this I knew this about Blair. She got to see that. And I am so jealous that she got to see Tony Curtis live. And how great for him to have played one of the main younger roles in the film and yeah. then be able to come back and play an iconic older character yeah. um, in the Broadway version. Mm-hmm. And the, the film was based on the musical or vice versa? I actually don't know. Um, I think the film was based, both the film and the musical were based on the same source material, which was a book, I want to say. okay. Um, but that is something that I, I don't actually know 100%. It's one of those, I'll have to go down into a rabbit hole and figure that out. Yeah. Um, the other reason I love Some Like It Hot is it's pretty queer coded as, Mm -hmm. as a movie and we'll do an entire episode on, on things like some like hot and queer coded films to begin with. But um, I just love the idea of having something filmed when it was filmed and, and played when it was played and have it so obvious when, you know, and I want to make this clear, right? Like the two main characters, they are in drag for 90% of the film. And they're not, of course, they're treated somewhat like a joke. Like it is a comedy. Um, but it's never like, ha ha, it's funny because they're drag queens or something like that. Right. It's just, it's such an iconic, I don't know, it's an iconic gay film that, uh, you know, little queer Blair is all about. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I love it. I also really love, um, gangster films. So yes. having it just them on the run, um, twenties jazz age, you know, based like they, they start out in Chicago, they witness the same Valentine's day murder and then they're just yes. hiding as musicians, as female musicians. And then of course, fighting after the affections of Miss Monroe. Yes. And I just, and Again, touching on the gangster films, don't you just love the nicknames? I don't know if real, somebody help me out. I don't know if real mafia members during that time period had these crazy nicknames, but, uh, you know, these characters, their names are like Toothpick Charlie or Spat yes. Columbo, like... So, um, because as you'll, as you'll learn, um, dear listeners, I watch a lot of documentaries and I have watched a lot of mob documentaries. So the nicknames are a hundred percent, like they're real nicknames of Spats was a very common nickname and like little whoever, little Tony or fat Tony, like those are all (laughs) like actual human beings. And now the mob is going to come after me because I know their secrets. Uh, because I watch. Well, it's been nice hosting this podcast with you, Blair. Yeah, all one um, episode of it. <laughs> tune in next time where it will just be me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because I have been, um, sw- I-, I am swimming with the fishes. 
the mob has has gotten me. Actually, that is a, a it is a concern of mine that I do. Uh, I don't know. I get into trouble because I like to research weird things, and Courtney will attest to this because um, she also writes a lot of things where she has to do some weird uh, research. So yeah. if the NSA or FBI or uh, you know, well, if we just disappear randomly, guys, it's because of our internet search history. You know, and I've seen a. I don't have this mug, but I feel like I should have it. Uh, where it's uh, it says, um, pay, "Pay no attention to my browser history." I'm a writer, not a serial killer. And I feel like I need just like a sign up saying that <laughs> just in case my house gets raided or something, they can walk in and see, oh, she's a writer. Okay, wrong house. And then, you know. Yeah. Before. And to touch briefly back on some like it hot. I know we went off on a little mafia tangent there, which we will probably do often. Yes. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, bumpy podcast. Yes. What is it? Fasten your seatbelts. It's, it's going to be, be a bumpy, bumpy podcast. podcast. Yeah, we like that. We we came up with that mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, some like it hot. And like Blair said, we are going to do a whole episode uh, focused more on this. But I just love that one of the main reasons that film was done in black and white at a time when color was king, Mm -hmm. technicolor was everywhere. And to film in black and white was considered, you know, just ridiculously old fashioned. It was based, it was based in the twenties. Yes. But the main reason is because the makeup that Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon had to wear uh, the, the amount of it for them to even pass as maybe they were disguising themselves as women and getting away with it was so thick and so garish that they had to film it in black and white because otherwise it would have looked like two clowns running around. Which it's too- <laughs> it essentially was two clowns running around. But well, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I didn't know that fact. Um, I yeah. love that fact about Some Like It Hot. I love learning new things about my favorite films. Um, and hopefully that's, you know, what this podcast is, is for, is we'll uh, inform each other, we'll inform you, and it'll be... And just have a good time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be all over the place, but that's that's what this is. Yeah.